following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Listeners, this is episode 18 of TGIC Podcast. I'm Izzy. And I'm Jillian. Today we'll be covering the really strange disappearance of 12-year-old Johnny Gosh. You may have actually heard about this case before because Johnny was the first missing kid to be featured on the side of a milk curtain. And this was before internet and cell phones. They needed to weigh to reach everyone to alert people about missing children. Because there was no guarantee of everyone having a TV or phone, they put information on something everyone got. Milk. So, kind of like the Amber Alert episode, this case has some interesting true crime history. Let's jump into the background. So, John David Gosh, he had a nickname of Johnny, was born on November 12 of 1969. So he was 12 at the time of his disappearance. He lived in West Des Moines, Iowa, and he was actually a paperboy. Is that, like, a common job for people? Yeah, no. We like, live in, like, the generation of, like, no newspapers, but, yeah. like, I think, I think it was. It was kind of like babysitting. Exactly, and I literally had no idea this was, like, a thing. Like, I thought it was just something that was in movies. No, I literally, I thought it was one of those things that's like, oh, the paperboy is gonna come by on his bicycle. Yeah, like, no. I thought that was, like... Like, I don't know, I feel like I saw that in, like, Full House or something. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even realize it was, a th- like, yeah, an actual thing. Job. I mean, it makes sense. That's a good way to get money. Yeah, I'd be a paper is. girl. Hey, yeah. you shouldn't say paper boy. That's so sexist. Yeah, paper child. That doesn't sound That's right. Worse. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Paper, paper person. person. Paper person, yes. Yeah. Okay. Pee pee. So, oh. um, <laughs> he lived with his parents, Noreen and John Gosh. Not to be confused with Johnny Gosh. Yes. And their miniature Dachshund, Gretchen. Dachshund. Dachshund? Dachshund. Okay. Gretchen. That is like one of the weirdest dog names. That is such, and yeah, Gretchen is a human name, not a dog name? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's like an old lady name. Yeah, it's, I, I yeah, I Gretchen? really don't know. Gretchen. Wait, Gretchen. is there like a character Gretchen? on his show named Gretchen? I don't know why. I'll yeah, Gretchen that. Wieners from Mean Girls. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's weird. I had a dog named Gretchen. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so his distinguishing characteristics, as described by the Charlie Project and from pictures, are that he's a Caucasian male with light brown hair, blue eyes, and he John has facial freckles, and he had a gap between his two front teeth at the time of his disappearance. And he also has a horseshoe-shaped scar on his tongue and a birthmark on his left cheek. His nickname is Johnny. How does one acquire a horseshoe-shaped scar on their tongue? I don't know. This I, is something that comes up all throughout this case, and I have no... Like, why? Well, because well, they do have to say it a lot because it's like a distinguishing feature. It separates not from many like, any have. other white boy in the 80s. Yeah, but, yeah. But, like, how do you get one of those? How do you get a scar on your tongue? You have to, like, fall on something with your tongue sticking out? Yeah, maybe you, like, bit your tongue. Maybe. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it was with the gap in his teeth caused to, like, th- something oh with God. his tongue, like, it indented on his tongue. Maybe. But I, like, I literally didn't, I didn't even know that that was something, like, I didn't know you could get a scar on your tongue, so. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I guess there's no reason you couldn't. I just never thought about it. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go into the timeline. So at 5.45 a.m. on September 5th of 1982, Johnny leaves to go deliver newspapers on his typical route. His dad, John, usually went with him on this route between 6 and 7 a.m. because it's early in the morning and he wanted to make sure he was safe. Yeah, I was about to say, like, 5.40 in the morning is 
so freaking early. No, it's early. so early. So his dad usually goes with him, but the night before, Johnny had asked his parents if he could go alone. I guess he was having the whole, like, angsty teen thing. Yeah, he was like... He's like, I need to go alone. Like, this is my job. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I get it, but, you know, it's, consequences. Yeah. Like, um, so the night before, they asked... He asked if his parents if he could go alone, and his parents said no, like, as they should, because it would be unsafe. It's yeah. early in the morning, like... You don't know who's going to be out. Like, that's, like, I don't know. That's when, like, people come home, like, drunk in Yeah, the that's when like, creepos are coming out. I feel like that's just a time you do not want to be outside alone as a exactly. child. Exactly. And, like, I mean, it would totally be different if he was, like, old enough he could drive and, like, throw newspapers out of his car, but he was, like, 12. Yeah, so. and he wasn't even on a bike. He was walking. He was walking? He was walking, which I thought all paper boys were on bikes. I guess Full House or whatever I watched that taught me yeah. that it was wrong. I don't know. Anyway, so Johnny woke up early on September 5th to go on his paper out early and basically just disobey his parents and go alone. <sighs> like, I mean, that's such, like, a little asshole thing to do. I mean, I could never even sneak out of my house because, I mean, like, my alarm would go yeah. off. Yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of alarms, I tried to open my window the other day. What? I tried to open it. So, okay, so sometimes in the mornings when I'm, like, getting ready for whatever, I, like, open my windows because it's nice out and I'll let some air in, right? Mm-hmm. So, usually my dad will let out my dog in the morning, so the alarm's just already off. So, I wasn't anticipating the alarm to be off. It was already, like, 8 o'clock or something. Yeah. The alarm starts, like, blaring because I opened my my window. And I was like, oh, frick, like, I have to fix this now. So then I had to deal with it. And then I was, like, yelled at because I apparently woke everyone up. Oh, jeez. But I was just trying to crack my window anyway. So I could never even sneak out. I have to, like, figure out how to turn off the alarm first. I mean, my house is, like, really old. So we, there wasn't even, like, an alarm system in my house before we moved in. Seriously? Yeah. So, like, I have no alarms on any of my windows. And our windows are, like, super, super old. So, like... If I did try and leave, all of our doors are freaking creaky, so it would be really hard anyway. Plus, we would never sneak out. Yeah. We have nowhere to go. We literally have nowhere to go. We can't even pretend like we have somewhere to go. (laughs) So, anyway, he decided to sneak out early to go on his paper alone to be, like, an adult. He was adulting. And, but, like, I guess in some way he was trying to protect himself because he decided to bring his dog Gretchen with him. Oh, that's good. I would be intimidated. Don't, aren't those dogs, like, kind of scary-looking? Dushened? I think so. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna do a quick Google search, because I, I was picturing something else, and I think uh, I may have... I don't know why. I was literally imagining, no, like, a they are not doodle. scary. I was... Oh, my God! It's a wiener dog! Oh, my God! They're so cute, though. I So, I was so like, picturing... The dog ain't gonna protect you. I was so picturing... What are those called? Like, the... like. Uh, miniature pincher or something. Like, those are kind of intimidating. Yeah, those are intimidating. These are so cute. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that one looks like a schnauzer breed. Okay, we are totally off base. Okay, sorry. But, yeah, so So the dog... That's not even intimidating. Yeah, the dog's not intimidating. (laughs) My bad. I thought he was trying... Oh, God, that's so sad. But I still feel like you don't approach people with a dog. Yeah, you don't. You don't. I mean, Izzy is a little Frenchie. I feel like if you were walking him, no one would approach you. Plus, Louie is scary. He, he makes noise. He makes noise. He makes a lot of noise. He will <laughs> bite you, too, if he gets excited. Anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think if you have a dog, you just look protected. Yeah. That's why any time I go for a walk, I take Moose with me. Moose is a puppy, but he's scary. He is he's scary. ferocious. Um, okay, so then between 6 and 7 a.m. on September 5th of 1982, Johnny is seen by a few witnesses talking to a stranger who asked for directions. Um, it is reported that Johnny told a fellow paperboy that the man had scared him and he was planning on going home. So basically, oh. the incident that I read about was that a car pulled up to him with, like, 
a couple guys in it or something and asked him like about what what street was up the next block or something and a couple paper boys like where I guess they all kind of went on the same route they like saw this happen right and Johnny I guess gave him directions or whatever and then he walked up to the other paper boys and he was like guys I like didn't feel comfortable with that like that was really creepy I'm gonna go home yeah so he's like, I, everyone else said he like went to go home, and then a few minutes later, once Johnny was like in a more secluded location, two men grabbed him and threw him into the backseat of no. their car. And like a few witnesses even saw like the dr- car like screech off and drive uh, away, and they just didn't report until later, <sighs> which kind of sucks. Like maybe they were just confused. I can't. I couldn't tell if those were adult witnesses or if, like paperboy witnesses. But like, if you see anything that gives you the least bit of suspicion that something is wrong, report it. I no, but like, you have to think about it from their perspective. Like, maybe they didn't know what could have been wrong. True. Like, they didn't want to report and, like, get in trouble for lying and, I don't know, if they couldn't Or, like, inaccurate information or something. Yeah. Um, so, after that happened, at 7 a.m. on September 5th, Johnny's parents get a call from, or actually, they get a couple calls from their neighbors saying that Johnny hadn't delivered their papers yet. So, they figured he'd overslept, so his dad just went to go wake him up. So, I mean, that makes sense. Like, yeah. He overslept. He's a kid. He probably just forgot to go in the morning. So, he realized then that his, like, bed was empty, and then he found a red wagon full no. of undelivered newspapers. So, they, like, got kind of freaked out, so they called the police to, like, report him missing. And this is this is the saddest part. Oh, my God, this is so sad, because I... Something about me, I have, like, no emotion with humans. I don't know why. I have, like, a problem where I can't, like, feel as much emotion for humans. Mm-hmm. But Gretchen the dog returned home a little bit later. Oh, okay, that's good. I was really nervous that the guys, like, took the dog or no, something. No, the dog made it back, but isn't that so sad? That is really sad. She returned without Johnny. She had to, like, wander back by herself. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm, like, going to start crying. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I, Izzy shed a tear. <laughs> okay. So then, um, in the months and years following Johnny's disappearance, Noreen Gosh, Johnny's mom, so she's just kind of a badass. She, like, worked for a lot of years to investigate her son's disappearance because the police were just totally ignorant in the case, and they were not helpful in investigating. Like, so they started off by just claiming Johnny was a runaway for, like, the first no. 24 to 48 hours of him being missing. That's which literally the worst thing. No, because, okay, so, like, the first 24 to 48 hours are, like, the most important time in the case, so, like... Messing up that basically just botches the investigation. Yeah, because, like, they didn't collect evidence properly and stuff. Like, that's just... Yeah. I hate it when they do this in Missing Persons. Well, I hate it back so much. He doesn't have a history of being a runaway. He is a child. Like, he's not even a teenager. He's a child. Like, I don't... That's the thing I will never understand. Like, I I could understand. No, it's not good to, like, say, oh, if they run away in the past, that they could... Potentially run away. Be a runaway. Like, yes, that does poses, like, a danger factor in other cases, but, like, if you don't have a history of running away, like, why, why say he's a runaway? He exactly. He's not, if you get, like, wouldn't you rather just investigate a missing person and find out they were a runaway? Exactly, and I mean, not to mention, like, he didn't, he left his dog. That means he would have literally just left his dog, left his wagon, and just walked. Yeah, exactly. And, like, um, that doesn't make who sense. their dog? No dog owner just, like, abandons yeah. their dog. Nobody the does that, so. Even I mean, if they're gonna somehow wander back home. Yeah. Oh, poor Gretchen. This is making me sad. Okay, so, 
after that, like, she really worked hard to just investigate his case and bring a lot of, like, awareness to it because I guess the police were just doing a shit mm-hmm. job. So she brought a lot of awareness through, like, she wrote a book. She had, like, a movie come out on HBO, <gasps> like, all about his case and just, like, bringing a lot of awareness. And, like, not only did she work for her own son's case, she actually worked for a lot of advocation for other missing children's cases. And she wrote the Johnny Gosh bill, and it was actually passed by the Iowa government, like, the state government. And it That's would awesome. it would require for immediate police response in a missing children case. So That's awesome. Yeah, no, so the whole thing with, like, being marked as a runaway like she basically stopped that from happening in her home state of Iowa and she just really worked hard not even like for her own son she worked for other people's kids because she like that became her whole life and like honestly Noreen Gosh is just a badass like she is a total badass like that's awesome I don't know how else to say that like I don't know sometimes you see in cases where the parents I mean they'll just act fishy or they'll, I mean, not that, I don't know, something, sometimes there's just something off with the parents, yeah. sometimes they just, they don't, like, do very much, I guess, which They is don't like, do much, like, they, 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 they focus on their own kids. Yeah, they're not is helping fine, others. But they're not helping others, and, like, I feel like someone who has the experience should know what other parents are going through and try to help them, which is totally what Noreen Gosh did, and, like, honestly, she's so cool. So, yeah. That's kind of the end of, like, the timeline for Johnny's case, but we wanted to talk to you a little bit about, there are two cases that Johnny's has actually been connected to. Mm -hmm. So, on August 12th of 1984, a 13-year-old paperboy disappears from the south side of Des Moines, and his name was Eugene Martin. Okay. And so, like, he's literally, like, a a year older than Johnny, it was, like, in the same, like, span of two years. And he was a paper boy. Like that's so it's weird. Like, in the, the same, same place. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like literally, I think they were like it was like a twenty minute difference oh or something. Oh god. Yeah, it was not like a big difference. It was almost the same case. So then again, on March 29th of 1986, 13-year-old Mark Allen disappeared going to a neighbor's house alone in Des Moines. And from the story I read, he was at his house. His mom said you could go to your friend's house, and he like his friend's house was like down the street. So oh he, like, walked God. down the street and somehow disappeared before making it there, and the neighbor had to call and, like, tell his mom he never made it. <sighs> so, those cases have always been connected because they're just very similar person profile. So similar. Age and, like, area. So, they just made a lot of sense, I guess, for being connected with that. Mm-hmm. So, with that, we're going to get a little bit into the theories. So, the first one is the serial killer with a paper boy or a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. So this theory is one that is more plausible in my opinion because it just seems like substantiated and like we just said like there were the three boys that like were kind of related to Johnny's case Eugene and Mark and they were abducted while on like a short little route like it wasn't far from their house Uh or far from like other people and they were probably just taken like in this theory by the same guy or same group of guys. Mm And so we're po- most likely dealing with a guy who is a pedophile and has a very specific MO to young, younger, like, boys in Iowa. And the most interesting thing is that they all disappeared without a trace in Des Moines, which means, and they're, like, all the same age and stature, which means the serial killer would, like, really have the most specific MO. Yeah, that's so, I mean, that's the only reason, like, you, like they all disappeared without a trace. They all were similar age and stature. Like, they were literally, like, they were almost, like, the same boy. Identical, Yeah. And it's just, it's very 
coincidental, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Like, if this is not a serial killer, then these are some serious coincidences. Exactly. So, none of these boys have ever been found, deceased, or alive, which means that they most likely have a killer who's experienced or has thoroughly thought out the crime and the victim type. And so, that's where I have to, like, go off. Like, I don't know how, like... When people disappear and there's no body and they're just never found, it bothers me so much because, like, where the fuck are they? Yeah, exactly. No, like, that's something that keeps me up at no, night. Because, like, you have to think about it. Like, there have to be somewhere. Yeah. Like, like, even if they're dead or alive, there's somewhere. Like, I understand that they could be buried in a ditch somewhere and just never been found. But then, like, also, what's the probability that maybe they were, like, kidnapped and then, like... Kept alive. Like, kept alive and, like, like raised. Like, you see that sometimes where they're, like, raised mm-hmm. by a kidnapper. And then, like, what if they were basically, like... like well, the kidnapper probably would have been old at this point, like, died, and then these people are just free and, like, barely know who they are. Yeah, and, I mean, we'll get it more into, like, a theory that's, like, kind of like that later. But that's just so weird yeah, to think so about. Because they're somewhere. Yeah, they're somewhere, whether that's... Dead or alive, dead or alive. they are somewhere, and, like, where the fuck are they? There's so many missing people who are... They've got to be dead or alive somewhere, and I just don't... Like, like they just bothers me that I don't know where they are. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so then, like, I just think that this is, like, the most likely theory because it's such a coincidence, and it's, like, within a four years time span, and none of them have ever been found. Like, I just think that one makes, like, the most sense. Yeah, that's... that's, I agree with that. And also, these other theories we're going to talk about have been partially disproved. So, the one I'm going to start with is the child pornography ring theory. Oh, Jesus Christ. Which is... Fucking bonkers. I, I've never, like, it's insane. So, in, first I'm going to get into a little background about it. So, in June of 1988, many allegations started to come forward that there was a Franklin child prostitution ring located in Omaha, Nebraska. And it actually, like, attracted a lot of national attention until about 1990. And, I mean, there were a lot of rumors spreading that, like, in allegations of from prominent Nebraskans as well as government officials saying that they were involved or that they were in this child sex ring. What is a prominent Nebraskan like? I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, okay, we we make fun of Midwestern states, which I feel guilty about yeah. because I think we have listeners that live in the Midwest. Yeah. So, shout out to you guys. But um, do people live in Nebraska? I don't know. Nebraska's just one I of those genuinely I don't think about. I've ever. Nebraska is like Wyoming. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anything about yeah. Nebraska. Um, but, like, this is just, I mean, there was a lot of investigation going into this, and it, like, started immediately. So the first thing that they did was they tried to, like, interview alleged abuse of victims who claimed that they were in foster care or that they would abduct, uh, that they were abducted, and that they had been flown into Nebraska for quote-unquote sex parties. What the fuck? I don't even... I'm sorry. I think yeah, I no. saw an SVU episode yeah, just like this. like, I... I have so many questions about this. Like, how did they track them down? Did these people come forward? Like, I really don't know. And, I mean, people went so far to speculate that these child sex rings did not only include sexual acts, but also satanic worship, sacrifices, and cannibalism. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So, now you may be asking, like, what does this have to do with Johnny? Yes, I am asking, what the fuck does this have to do with Johnny? Well, in 1989, a man named Paul Bonacci came forward to his lawyer, and he said that he had been abducted into the sex ring. And that he had been one of the people who helped to kidnap and transfer Gosh to the sex ring. Oh, my God. And, I mean, this would make sense. Like, he was picked up by some guys in a car. Like, I mean, that kind of uh-huh. makes sense. And, I mean, this basically means that Johnny is or was involved in the Franklin Child's prostitution ring that was in Omaha. 
And, I mean, when Paul's story started to get out, he had, like, a lot of people who believed his claims. And he even met Noreen, who was Johnny's mom. Well, that's not a shocker. She was very involved in the case. True. But Noreen claims that Paul knew, like, very personal things about Johnny that had never been publicly released until, like, now. So, like, what we talked about earlier, like, the birthmark on his chest and the scar on his tongue and a burn scar on his lower leg. How? Wait. How would that not be released to the public, though? Didn't they have, like, identifiers? I don't know, Maybe but... Maybe they just forgot it was released to the public. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Something seems weird about that. It does seem weird, and I mean, like, I... In the article, she said that that was, like, the specific stuff that he talked about. Like, I don't... I don't know. And, I mean, you may be asking, like, if this guy claims all this stuff, like, were they ever further investigated by police? And if they, like, held any truth? Well, actually... When police thoroughly investigated all of these claims, they discovered that all of the rumors about this Omaha sex ring and accusations that had been filed were fabricated. Okay, how is that even possible? This has, like, been so much detail. Like, I don't think we've had this much detail in a theory in, like, forever, and it's all fake. They were fabricated, guys. Like, what? So, a man who was fired from... Quote unquote, Boys Town, which was actually a formal home for boys. And I talked to my mom about this and she said, yeah, that was like, they were under fire for so many things. They actually were shut down a few years oh ago. God. And he was mad. And he made up these accusations to get back at his former grudges. And I mean, I guess the rumor mill just started churning and people That's started talking. That's like a talking. lot of effort to put in. Yeah, I don't know. And it just like got out of control and people started filing these accusations. It was just, it's insane. And I mean, a lot of the quote-unquote prominent people who came forward had actually lied about their experiences and multiple of them were put in jail for perjury. Why lie? I'm so thrown off by that. Yeah, I don't, I really don't know. And I mean, we'll never like really under, I never, I won't ever understand. I mean, it's so weird. so weird. That's, I just like, that's so weird. Like, I just, I, why would you ever lie about being involved in a child sex ring? I, I don't know. I'm so, like, thrown off yeah. by that. Like, why would you why would do, you do that? that? And, I mean, like, there is always that potential that maybe Johnny was, like, kidnapped and put into sex trafficking or some other child pornography ring. And it's just not that one. Not the one that the guy who literally claimed he was involved in it said that he took Johnny. Like, it's just not that one. Yeah. What? Oh, my. I'm so, like, stuck on this. Yeah. Like, it's... What? It's so crazy, and I was researching this, and I was like, oh my god, and I was just writing and writing and writing and reading, and I was like, what? Like, that's just freaking bonk. No, that's insane. Okay. Our research for this case has been kind of insane. So, a little a little tidbit of information from us. We usually spend, like, a week plus researching cases, right? Yeah. So, then we realized that we're kind of dumbasses, because we said that we could air an episode on February 18th on our newsletter, and we were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But then last minute, we decided we're going to go to the beach. <laughs> and because we want to go to the beach, we're working, and we did this episode in, like, what, three days? Three days, yeah. And then we had two days of research, and, like, now we're recording. Like, it's been kind of insane. And then Izzy went down, like, the rabbit hole yesterday. I was taking a test, and Izzy FaceTimes me, and she's like, Jillian, I'm going to tell you all about this child's sex ring. <laughs> I'm like, Izzy, I'm trying to do chemistry. But it's this has been a nutty case for us. Yeah. So now I'm going to get into the kidnapping slash abduction slash Johnny visit theory. So, yeah, I know. Confusing. That's a lot of theories right there. Yeah, it's basically all the same thing, though. So basically, this theory is kind of insane. So let me outline it for you. 
Um, this working theory would be only be plausible if Johnny's abductors chose to keep him alive for 14 years. That's a long time, because he'd be like an adult by then, and I yeah. feel like at that point you could fight off an abductor. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not a little kid anymore. I don't, that seems strange. It does seem strange. Unless it's like Stockholm Syndrome. Where you fall in love with your captor? Wait, that's not what Stockholm Syndrome is. It's not about love, it's about like comfort. Yeah. Like, I... you become like dependent upon your kidnapper. <sighs> okay. So... The weirdest part about this is that Noreen Gosh claims that one morning in March of 1997, around 2.30 a.m., she was awoken by a light knock on her apartment door. And How, wait, a light knock? Yeah, like... That's like nothing. Yeah, I, I don't know. That. Yeah, and I I'm a too. light sleeper. Yeah. And when she went to look who it was, she saw Johnny, who is now 27, standing outside with an unknown man. And she claims that she immediately recognized him and that she he even showed her his birthmark on his chest. And, I mean, the only difference was that he was old. He was, like, an adult. And that she claims that his hair was long and dyed black. But it was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, she says that they talked for about two hours in oh this God. conversation. Like, she never, like, said what was said during this or it was redacted or something because I couldn't find any details on this. And that kills me because I want to know what they talked about no, so I'm bad. I'm curious. You want to speculate about, like, what they said? Yeah. I think they talked about, I mean, well, okay, actually, I'm going to say this first. So, she said that before Johnny would talk or answer any questions, he would always look to the unknown man for unspoken approval. Okay, so probably Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. That's and what I mean, that sounds like. Like, she said that they, I mean, like, I'm guessing they probably talked about, like, um, I, I don't know. I actually, like, okay, so here's where I'm at. Like, I was thinking at first, like, this is his mom, and as much as she was involved in the case... Like, I don't think she would want all the details. Like, I think she'd just want to talk to her son about, like, his life. Mm-hmm. But also, like, his life is being kidnapped if this is the case. Exactly. Like, so they must have talked about it. Yeah. And I mean... Unless that is his kidnapper, then, like, what the hell would they talk about? What was the point of even coming? Yeah, I don't even know. And she said that the only thing that's ever been released about this is that, quote-unquote, Johnny said that... Um, yes, I'm saying, quote-unquote. <laughs> and... He said that he had been abducted and he escaped his captors and that he could not talk about it or where he was going. Okay, and then who the hell was the other guy? Yeah, exactly. We don't know. That's like, so weird. she doesn't know, and it's never like they nobody knows. And then he just left, and she's never heard anything from him since. Okay, so I we're about to speculate whether or not this was like fake. Mm-hmm. Because her husband was all like, well, actually, it was her ex-husband at the time they got yeah. divorced after he disappeared. But he was like, oh, she made this up. Like, she's delusional. It was a hallucination. Okay, Noreen, my, my bestie Noreen, definitely did not make this up in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think someone was just messing with her, and that's yeah. even worse, Which is, it's like a cruel, cruel joke. I mean, I gotta be honest, Johnny isn't that different. Like, I don't, he's not different from any normal-looking white guy. Yeah, I just don't, I think someone was messing with her, and I know it's, like, it's public knowledge, basically, where she lives, because she's lived in the same place. Yeah. Like, she's kept his room the same and everything, just in case he comes back, and, like, I think, I think that's just, like, someone probably was, like, gonna play a cruel joke on her, which is terrible. Which is freaking horrible. And, additionally, this actually kind of substantiated her claims at the time. Um, A month later, a series of photos was dropped on Noreen's doorstep. 
And in this series of photos, multiple young boys were pictured bound and gagged and laying on the ground. And I mean, like, she is adamant that it's Johnny. Like, she definitely feels like one of the boys is Johnny. And you can, if you look up Johnny Gosh, you can find all of these photos. And oh my god, did you look at these? I did look at them. Oh god. And no, um, actually, in my personal inf- in opinion, these photos are depicting boys who don't look like Johnny whatsoever. Okay. Like, they're all younger, and they all look just different than him. I don't know how to explain it. And, I mean, all of them don't necessarily seem like they've been hurt or put through any trauma prior to these photos being taken. And, I mean, like, that's hard to differentiate, but, like, I just, I've seen actual, like, pictures of people, like, bound and, like, hurt and stuff, and they don't look like they've been put through any trauma. They don't look very scared, and they're literally, like, the gags and bounds aren't put on tightly or anything. So, like, like the Tara Calico picture? Yeah. That's like the, that's like the famous most famous true crime picture. But the thing is, it doesn't even look like that because you can tell that the girl and the boy in that picture are like noticeably like distressed, like wide eyed and like freaked out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but you notice like it's you said like you said with the they were loosely bound, bound or whatever. Yeah. Like it looks staged. Yeah, and I mean again, Noreen is adamant that these photos and the event where she saw Johnny are real and that they're in fact Johnny. However, months after this, these pictures appeared in September, an anonymous letter was sent to the police that claimed that these photos were investigated years prior by a detective named Salva, and they were proved to be multiple young boys who took the photos while playing an escape game. And uh-huh. I mean, I totally get this. I mean, I did stupid shit like this when I was little. You I had a, did? Yeah. I had videos on my phone of me and my cousin. We would, like, tie each other up and, like, um, like... <laughs> what? It was like a jo- it wasn't real. It was like a joke. And then we would like run through the house and try and find each other. You had an interesting childhood compared to mine, Izzy. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm just saying <laughs> it's totally normal that kids did stupid shit like this and thought uh-huh. it was funny. No, that makes sense. And somehow these photos got out and got circulated and people thought it was like real kids. And I mean, they actually found multiple of these boys who were in the photos and they were like, yeah, it was literally a game. Like it, what, it, How did they get a, leaked? It was like 1980. No, like <laughs> these ridiculous. photos got spread somehow. So like weird. somehow people got a hand of them and like spread them around. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to mention the photos were like tested for dates and how old they were. And they were proved to be 19 from 1979 or 1980. Like they were Polaroid pictures. And that's, that was a couple years before his abduction. Yeah. So there's really not any chance that it was of Johnny. Yeah. That's kind of weird. And, I mean, the photos have been mainly negated from the theory, and a lot of people have said, like, I mean, obviously, Johnny coming to her house was kind of a cruel joke. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like someone was just playing, like, a joke on her. Yeah, a very fucking cruel joke at that. And, um, I mean, share this with us. Do you guys think that Johnny was really at his mother's apartment on that March night? Was it a cruel hoax, a hallucination, or do you guys think that something much more sinister was at play? Ooh, you just sounded all, like, official and podcasty. Yeah. Wow. I mean, comment on our blog or comment send us an email. Blog. Send us an email. Because, like, this case, honestly, one of the craziest ones I think we've covered in a while. And it was so unintentional. Yeah. I, like, I don't even know how I found this. I found this, and then I was like, oh, he's milk carton boy. <laughs> 
And I was like, Izzy, we should cover Milk Carton Boy. And then she was like, but I want to cover this mountain couple. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, no, let's let's try the Milk Carton one first. And we did. And then Izzy got more into it than I did. Dude, this case, like, it's just a rabbit hole. Like, it is an it endless is. pit. It's crazy. Okay, so this was the infamous case of Johnny Gosh. Tune in next week for another mysterious case. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast. Bye! Okay, so did anyone catch on to the fact that we, like, swapped things this week? We switched up our parts. It's like Freaky Friday, but this will air on a Thursday. But we recorded this on a Friday. Okay, whatever. I don't know if anyone actually cared or noticed. And, I don't know, let us know who you like better doing what parts. But see you next week. Bye!